Well, let us pray and seek God's light on the word this day. Let us pray. O God, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Give us grace to receive your truth in faith and love. Amen. And the reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, from the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 6. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. And so they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing and said to them, Why do you stand idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and pay them their wages beginning with the last up to the first. And those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the householder, saying, these last worked only one hour. You've made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? And so the last will be first and the first will be last. And there ends the reading. The word of the Lord. We're going to be in a brief word of prayer. Eternal and loving God, we come once again into your presence, asking that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts might be found acceptable in your sight this day. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Matthew is the only gospel where you'll find the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, which one where you thought that would be better entitled, even though Jesus never really gave any of his parables titles, those came later. He thought it should be called the active, resourceful, seeking owner of the vineyard. The most interesting character in this story, the one whose actions are most extreme and interesting, is not the laborers in their envy but the gracious, expansive actions of the owner of the vineyard, known as the master. And there's a double surprise going on in this parable. The owner of the vineyard not only has made others equal to us in his final payment to the workers, but also the owner shows a relentless determination to have everyone in town working in the vineyard. Former United Methodist Bishop Will Willimon relates that he was at a gathering with a group of clergy who were complaining about the, that the church was killing. 
fatigue, exhaustion, burnout. They were finding their work in God's kingdom to be wearing them down. And a veteran church observer was leading the group in a discussion of contemporary church challenges. After listening sympathetically to their complaints, said, in my experience, sometimes atheism is what's killing Christians, particularly the most dedicated and conscientious of them. What did he say? Atheism? Yes, he responded, atheism. The widespread notion that though God may be caring and loving, God has retired and is no longer active among us. If God is not active, interacting, intervening, then we've got to work really hard or nothing gets done. No wonder there are tired, worn out clergy. It's up to us to save the church since Jesus won't. Now, if we had the time, I could bore you with the details of how it wasn't possible for the modern world to get going until we had first tamed and rendered inactive an active interventionist God. A Newtonian mechanistic machine of a universe doesn't need, much less want, a God who can waltz in any time God pleases and mess around with our control of the world. In the Sunday's Gospel, Jesus tells a story about a very different sort of God. The kingdom of heaven is light. And so many of Jesus' parables begin that way. Perhaps because God's realm is so different from our realms. Because the God who is there is quite different from the God that we think is there. The kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a vineyard who has grapes to be harvested. And he goes out first thing in the morning and he hires workers for his vineyard. They go to work. And then in the middle of the morning, he's back in town hiring more workers. At noon, he's back looking for workers, telling them that he'll pay them what's right. Mid-afternoon, he's back hiring more people. And one hour before quitting time, he hires even more workers and they go to work. And at the end of the day, he pays them all the same even those who had worked for just an hour. And Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is just like that, implying that God is like that too. God's not like the employer who says, well, I put up a hiring now sign in the window, but nobody showed up. The master of the vineyard, and vineyard is an ancient biblical metaphor for Israel. The master of the vineyard doesn't wait for employees to seek him out and come to him and volunteer to be employed. The master takes the initiative, seeks, recruits, and engages the employees. And Jesus says, God is like that. Now, some of us here this morning may be confused into thinking that religion, our relationship with Christ, is something that we have done. I was looking for more meaning in my life, and I found that Christ really makes sense, one might say. Or another, I've always been rather spiritual sort of person. So when we moved to this town, we began looking for a good church where we could express and explore our faith. But what if our relationship to God is God's self-assigned, not ours? What if we're here this morning as living, breathing proof that God is not only loving and caring, but also initiating, seeking, recruiting, and engaging? If the world is only what we make of it, 
then it's little wonder that so many of us are tired. If our standing with God is dependent upon our right thinking or our good deeds or our proper emotions, then we'd best get ready for disappointment. Sometimes we think of ourselves as being on a search for God. This Sunday's parable of the workers in the vineyard is about something very different. A God who is searching for us. Thank God that God didn't wait for you and me to call upon God. God called upon us. We didn't decide to join the church. Christ recruited us. Some of you may be familiar with Eugene Peterson, who passed away recently. And I give thanks that before his death, the great pastoral theologian and biblical interpreter wrote his wonderful autobiography entitled The Pastor, a memoir. And Peterson presents himself as an unintentional pastor who sort of wandered into ministry, one day waking up, to his surprise, as a Presbyterian minister, founding a thriving congregation that he didn't really intend, sharing with the church a rendition of scripture, which we know as the message, that sprang up spontaneously out of his personal love of the Bible. And Peterson's account at first struck some as being dis disingenuous. Really, Mr. Peterson? You really are an amazingly competent, compelling linguist, skilled pastor and eloquent writer. That just happened. And then you realize that what Peterson was pointing to was a truth that's at the heart of all faithful ministry and church life. Our vocation is not within our control. We ministers, all of us, are working. Yes, but God is working too. And luck has little to do with it. It's not about our careful discernment of some alleged plan that God has mapped out for us. It's not about our skillful management of our lives. It's about divine agency. God in action. Providence. Our lives are not our own. And a living God surprises, enjoys commissioning us for outrageous assignments, calls betrayers to be disciples, turns a desert into a garden, recruits for God's vineyard, likes nothing better than to create something out of nothing and transform sometimes boring institutionalized ministry into miraculous adventure. Sometimes we lament a lack of God's intervention when in truth we're really fearful to follow God's lead, to go where Christ goes, to walk with Jesus. He is walking, moving, intruding. And so the question is not, is God alive and active among us? The real question is, will we have the courage to go with God? Final story from Will Willeman. He said, somebody told me about, and then I visited, what was called a Jesus raid in a dilapidated warehouse. And there at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night, some rough-looking teenagers all dressed in black leather were gyrating to some hard rock songs about Jesus. He was puzzled. What's church about this gathering, he said. I asked the woman who had founded and guided this ministry. And she said, our church actually doesn't start until about two in the morning when everybody goes home and gets online. These kids won't tell you anything face to face or reluctant to show their anger. How did you get into this ministry? He asked. And she replied in a somewhat plaintive tone, I wanted to work with college kids 
but these are the only kids that Jesus sent me. Well, if you're wrestling with the fact that maybe you don't like some of the folks that you're sitting next to in a congregation, or you're tired of being in conversation, perhaps arguments with people who don't see things the way that we do, you can blame it on a God who isn't content to wait for folks to come to God, but rather seeks, searches, saves, recruits, summons. Because of Christ's relentless determination to save the whole world, we don't get to choose those with whom we can be church. If we had the time, I could bet we could go around the room and say, how did you get here? What led you to this place? How did you know that God wanted you, of all people, to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? And I'm sure all the stories would have a common theme. In some way or another, God found a way to get into our lives, to give us the invitation. Perhaps God said, come and be part of a different realm. Come, take up your place and do your part in the kingdom of heaven. We ask Jesus, show us what God is like. Is God for us or not? And in another gospel, in Luke's gospel, in chapter 15, Jesus responded, responded with other stories. God is a relentlessly seeking shepherd out beating the bushes, looking for one lost sheep. God is the woman who tears apart her house in search of one lost coin. God is the father who waits for the one lost son to come home and be part of the family again. God doesn't wait for us to come. God comes for us. Recently, a woman was telling her minister about her son, that though he grew up in the church, he's no longer active in any church. And she lamented that he wasn't a Christian. And the minister, knowing the story of Jesus about the vineyard owner who relentlessly recruited workers for his vineyard, corrected her by saying, no, what you ought to say is he's not a Christian yet. God's got ways. God is always on the prowl, looking, seeking, searching, and inviting your son. You tell your son as he grows into middle age to keep looking over his shoulder, because God never gives up on us. Thanks be to God. Amen.